Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. How are we doing, everybody? Happy Thursday. Almost to that weekend. Shout out to Mother Nature for opening up those clear blue skies. A little, little, little more of a that Jacksonville weather we've grown accustomed to. No rain. I appreciate it. And with the opening of the skies, well, we are getting closer and closer and closer to pro days. The NFL draft is right around the corner. Can you feel it? Starting to, you know, um, the reason right, why, the right, reason, out, right out of reach there, just just right at the fingertips. No, without a doubt. But the reason why you sense it cranking up just a little bit now, because we are starting to get more and more um, NFL news from Adam Schefter and company. Now, let's be honest. The big story still is the quarterback carousel, more specifically Deshaun Watson. Jalen Ramsey goes on this podcast, Huddle and Flow, and basically says we have the same agent. I don't see Deshaun Watson suiting up in a Texans uniform ever again. And in this circumstance, like I've talked about before on this show, it's going to come down to who's going to bluff first. I've been very adamant in saying that I can't foresee Deshaun Watson suiting up for the Houston Texans ever again. I think that if he's going to sit out, he's going to sit out. If that means sacrificing 25, 30, whatever million dollars just to prove a point, that's how NFL players roll, man. Well, that's how most NFL players roll, I should say. Weird, and, weird flex, weird tensions in Houston right now, man, between uh, Watson I mean, and uh, our, our boy coming back last night and uh, James in the Harden. Jersey. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Houston fan in, in any sport, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, uh, you guys had your fun in the sun a little bit, right? Because the Rockets were always kind of a, a contender, to say the least, in the West. Now, they never really made the finals or, or knocked the doors off or anything, but the Rockets were always up in their contention in the West. And now you got guys like John Wall, uh, you got Oladipo, but let's be honest, they're on a, a pretty big losing skid right now in the Houston Rockets. And then the Houston Texans. You trade away one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, in DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt, the golden boy, on the Mount Rushmore of Houston Texans. He's now gone to the Cardinals as well. And Deshaun Watson's kind of like that last piece. No, yeah, maybe you got Brandon Cooks. Maybe you got David Johnson. But let's be honest. They're not Hopkins. They're not Watt. So, yeah, it's been blow after blow for the Houston Texans sports franchises. And the final domino could be Deshaun Watson and what he chooses to do. And I've been adamant about this. This guy, depending on how the CBA rules and depending on what the Player Association says, if COVID-19 is a thing, this up-and-coming NFL season, I wouldn't be shocked if Deshaun Deshaun Watson chooses to opt out and says, you know what, you guys don't want to trade me? You want to put me all in? Well, I'm not going to pay you guys a dime. I'm going to opt out this year. I'm worried about COVID-19. Have fun trying to find my replacement with no draft capital. Have fun with that. And then I'll see you guys next season, and maybe we'll do it all again. Like, that's Deshaun Watson putting the Houston Texans all in. And I'll be honest right now. If you're the Houston Texans and the management, if we're playing Hold'em right now, in my opinion, Deshaun Watson, ace king. Houston Texans, you're looking at maybe a deuce eight, deuce seven, nothing really good. So if you want to call him, go ahead and call him. But I think if you're the Houston Texans, you're not going to like how it turns out. You always think this way when it comes to players, but we just haven't seen it yet outside of Le'Veon Bell, really, where he sits out the year. And just think it's a hard thing for players to do. I mean, players like to play. 
And well, players only have so many years. And uh, I, I think while I believe this is going to end with Watson getting out of there, mm-hmm. and so Jalen Ramsey saying, hey, I don't think he's ever going to put the uniform on again, that, that's – Maybe that's the case. You know, Ramsey was willing to go to great lengths, got his way in a few weeks after the Jags got their way with a pretty handsome return. Um, I think this is smart of Houston to, first of all, feel like you want him still or publicly say that and maybe keep the price going up for him. You know, once you say that, hey, okay, we're going to try to trade him. Well, the price goes down because now people know. And, And so it's a little less obvious. Behind the scenes, you might be getting more and more value because you're saying, well, we don't want to get rid of him. We don't want to get rid of him. So everybody's kind of curious how this is going to play out. But I think it's smart of Houston now because you don't want an unhappy player. And you can reset your organization. And quite frankly, they screwed up their organization so much they should reset it. Cap-wise, they're over. Draft picks, they don't have enough. They could still land a quality and very good quarterback, franchise quarterback. Not too many teams get the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. in a situation like this. You know, Jags lost, who I think, one of the best players they, they would ever have in their history of their team. But they didn't get a quarterback out of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, Houston could do that. Deshaun Watson, best quarterback to ever play for them. But they could go get another quarterback that maybe could be just as good. I think when it comes to the player, calling the bluff from the team is still still something that I, I just don't know if we've seen play out enough. Mm. And maybe teams aren't willing to go there again because you don't want the unhappy guy, especially at that position. But I still think he would play. Like if they called the bluff. And they sure. said, we're keeping you. He would play, in my opinion. He, he so, would be active playing football in the fall unhappily, but he'd be doing it. So you don't think that if they don't trade Deshaun Watson away and Deshaun Watson has the ace in the hole and says, OK, if you're not going to trade me, then I'm going to opt out this year, meaning I don't have to owe you guys anything. My contract is frozen and I'll see you next year. You mean to tell me you think Houston is going to risk that? and just essentially waste a year, waste a lot of players' contracts like Brandon Cooks, like David Johnson, and just essentially throw away that season and then re-up the next season and see, all right, Deshaun Watson, welcome back. Oh, you still want to be here? Let's go through this whole thing again. Well, like, you think Houston's willing to do that? Well, I don't think teams are willing to do that. That's why it doesn't usually get down the road. I don't think they're willing to absolutely call the bluff, but I also don't. I don't feel like Duke Johnson's contract and those kind of contracts are preventing it from happening. I think they're in an awful position. They're going to be terrible anyway. They're nowhere near ready to go win. They're in a reset position as it is in their organization. So really, of all years for your quarterback not to play, this one might not be the worst one to to not have him. So you're just going to throw away the season? Well, if you want to call his bluff, this would be a great time to do it. Yeah. And and I don't think he's... I don't think he would opt out and not play. I really don't. Hmm. Uh, and lose a year of his career and you lose uh, the potential to stack on numbers for Hall of Fame career and all those accolades. I think guys want to play. I, uh, I wholeheartedly disagree because we just had a conversation yesterday saying how if you take a year off, is it the worst thing? Now, Deshaun Watson's in his prime. He's a top five quarterback. But once again, we saw how desperate Jalen Ramsey was. And keep in mind, Jalen Ramsey didn't have the opt-out card he could pull and be like, all right, if, if you really... Well, we don't know if the opt-out card is going to exist in 2021 either. Well, once yet. again, this conversation is going back to we assuming that it is going to exist. We assume that COVID-19 is still going to be a thing, which it very well could be. And if we assume that, I think that Deshaun Watson could bring that card out. I think he could bring that up uh, in meetings, and he could say, if you guys are hell-bent on keeping me, 
and not trading me away, then I'm going to opt out. And then I'll see you next year. We'll do the whole thing again. Yeah, I, I just don't. Here's the end. This is where we, we've we always kind of disagreed on this topic because mm-hmm. in Ngakwe's situation, we thought it could get to that point as well, mm-hmm. right? And it could be a stalemate to the point, okay, you're going to play or not. Well, I still believe to this day that he would have played. Like, I think he would have played. It would have been in his best interest to play from a financial standpoint. It would have been in his best interest to play from a career standpoint to go get numbers and then go get the big contract maybe once they traded you away. Now, I also had said back then, if I'm, I I don't want to be hypocritical here, but I believe this is what I said, that I think he might get moved by the deadline. So he'd start the year and then get moved by the deadline. See, that's another interesting part of it, even for Houston and Watson. They could get all the way to September, kind of figure things out, see see if things can get healed, see where exactly each side stands, who's calling whose bluff. And then if it's still not working out, you have the trade deadline to potentially do something. What happens in that situation, in my opinion, though, is the team loses a lot of leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, because once you get to that trade deadline, well, people know you want to deal them, and so you lose a lot of the power and leverage. Now, I say that, and Ramsey, the Jags still got pretty handsome return for him, um, you know, early in the season, mid-season in the NFL. I just don't know, outside of Bell, have we seen another instance, and especially of a high-profile guy, mm-hmm. sit and, and running back actually does benefit, kind of goes to the Gronk conversation, right? Yeah. I mean, you can get healthy. You can. I just feel like the quarterback situation, and most positions are going to be different and we just haven't seen to the point where a player says i want out an organization calls the bluff and what then happens because usually what we say the player usually wins and they end up trading them away and and then you restart it and i do think that's what's going to happen here Mm -hmm. i I think what happens is he ends up leaving like i don't disagree with ramsey i don't think he does play for houston i i think uh i think he's done i think they're going to get a handsome return uh, what did I say? Ramsey. I said I don't disagree with Ramsey. Oh, Ramsey, Ramsey okay. says he's never going to put the uniform on again. Sure, sure. And I, I don't but, disagree with him. But didn't Shad Khan call Ramsey's bluff? I think Shad did call Ramsey's bluff. And what happened? Bit. Well, five days later, he was traded. Well, Ramsey got what he wanted. That that's a that's a that's an idea right there of calling somebody's bluff and saying, okay, like I think you're going to play, and Ramsey didn't. Like the, the, that's a classic example right there of a team trying to push a player all in and putting the pressure on Ramsey. If you think that Shad Khan called his bluff. And Ramsey got what he wanted. And who's the bad guy in that situation? I mean, Ramsey got what he wanted. He got what he wanted to be in the can, bad guy, yeah. Yeah, you can call him the bad guy. You can well, call him the villain. You, you can call him whatever He's you want. the villain. He faked the back injury. And at the end of the day, did the guy get what he wanted? That's fine. Is, yeah. is, so is Watson willing to do that? Sure. Why How not? do you know that, though? You don't. You don't know what the makeup of Watson is. You, this I'll is like an listen. agent play and a power play. Watson seems – you're telling me Watson seems nothing like Jalen Ramsey persona-wise. Okay. To so, me, to me so, again, I don't have no idea okay. who he is. I'm just so, saying he'd have to pull something like that. I, I think. So, so the guy that has said that he wants to be in on the GM conversations, the, yep. the guy that has said that he wants to pick the head coach, the guy that has said that he is not, and he said this many times, will not play for the Houston Texans, will not play a rep. We think that's all just cannon fodder. We think that's no, all I fake. Don't, no, I, I think there's enough pent up stuff that he wants out. But you have to hit another level to basically be like, all right, I'm never playing again, and if I have to tweak my back or whatever my back and risk some of that stuff, what people are going to think, that's a different level. Like, that's a different level of stuff now. You don't, you don't think J.J. Watt walking him off the field saying, I'm sorry we wasted your year? Like, you don't think that means something to Deshaun Watson? Like, you don't think that's snuck in the in the back of Deshaun Watson's head thinking, yeah, they really did waste my year. Oh, but it's all good, though, because guess who we got coming back? Well, J.J. Watt's gone. Who do we have on this roster right now? I can't win here. 
Jack, you know, Jake Easterby or Jack Easterby is still here. Like, there's a lot of things right now, in my opinion, that are counting against Deshaun Watson wanting to play in Houston. Yeah, listen, I don't disagree with you. He does not want to be in Houston. Sure. But I think saying that I'm not going, if they don't, if they call his bluff and they don't trade him, mm-hmm. there's a different level to get to to say I'm sitting out the year. That's the argument. Like, he doesn't want to be in Houston. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, there's no doubt about it. And I think his camp doesn't want him in Houston mm-hmm. just as much. Uh, so I think they're they're dug in the sand. I don't think they're leaving that sand until the games start on Sundays in the fall. And then I will be the guy that will say here right now, if Houston does not trade him, yeah. that he will play All in right. the fall. Like, I, 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 he will play in the fall. Sounds good. And I felt that way about Yannick. I felt that eventually about Jalen, to be honest with you. Sure. Jalen, I think, eventually would have played. The Jags got what they needed in return, what they thought they was good enough to get him out of there. And listen, by that time, the teams want you out of there. So is Ngakwe the bad guy? Uh, no. Because I mean, what did he do? He said he wanted to be like, they franchise tagged him. And then what did Ngakwe do? He said, I still don't want to be here. I'm putting up checkered flags. I'm seeing the deuces. Like, doesn't that make him the bad guy, too? Well, I don't think it is as to the level as Ramsey because of the way it went down. I mean, he didn't say, uh, yeah, I got a bad ankle. Uh, I'm not going to go play. We never got to that point with, with well, Ngakwe. But yeah. by the way, Ngakwe, by the end of the, we saw it turn, man. We talked about it for a year. Of course. This whole fan base, everybody that listened to the show was on Ngakwe's side. Mm-hmm. And then they turned on him. And they were like, all right, see if you don't want to be here. Yeah, Deuces, but like, but, as you would say, no, for sure. But like, you're putting too much stake in my opinion about what players think about their, you know, what the fans think about them. Like, do you think? Let's be honest here. Let's be a hundred percent real. Do you think Jalen Ramsey really cares about what Jaguars fans think about him when he's living in L.A. right now? No, I think. Do you think Yannick Ngakwe cares about what the fans around Jacks will think about him in Baltimore? No, but I think what they th- they care. I think some players, some care about what their peers think. And what their teammates think and guys in the locker room okay. think. And especially from the quarterback position, I think that. Do you think that went over well with every teammate in that locker room, That the, the back stuff with so, Ramsey? Do you no, think, no. Like they understand definitely. business, but do you think that went over well? No, definitely not. It, it definitely so did I not do that. So I think most guys care but, about that. Sure. But then what do you think about J.J. Watt, who's been the heart and soul of that team, just says, you know what, you guys got to release me. I can't be here anymore. Do you think that rubbed the, the guys in the locker room the wrong way? Or do you think they respect J.J. Watt so much where it's like, you're right, man, it's a mess right now we can't win uh our front office is an absolute joke good luck to you have fun in arizona what do you think about that one? i i don't think uh they mind watts do watts position honestly man i don't think they mind watson's position mm. i think if they all could pull that right now and say okay i'm getting out of here because i don't like the situation and that depends on each person's situation but i think they would all they they respect that now ask me the same question in september when he doesn't suit up we'll see and i think I think players would feel differently. I, I think disagree. players would feel, why aren't you here? Like, why aren't I you disagree, doing that? Man. Now, if it's opt-out COVID-wise, all those kind of things, that's sure. going to get into a different category. Yeah. But if it's strictly, I just want out of here and I'm not playing, I, I think there are some guys that have a problem with that. Yeah, I do. I, I absolutely disagree. I think, like, yes, winning a Super Bowl is the top priority, and every guy in that locker room wants to do that. But guys also understand the business. And you have a guy in Deshaun Watson who's been nothing but class, has been nothing but a leader for the Houston Texans. He isn't getting what he wants. He's made it perfectly clear that he wants out. I don't think any guy in that locker room um, would disagree with him and say, Deshaun, we get it, man. No, like, I agree with that. Like, we're going to miss you. So if he has to do what he has to do, 
And I'm not going to say he's going to fake a back injury, but if he has to threaten the opt-out clause or whatever the case may be, I don't think a lot of those guys in that locker room are really going to be that disappointed if he chooses to do that. Because once again, you're talking about a guy who has earned his stripes. You're talking about a guy who is one of the faces of the Houston Texans, just like J.J. Watt. Now, J.J. Watt found a classy way to do it because he's on the back nine of his career. He said, can you guys release me? And they granted him that wish. Deshaun Watson's not in that option just because he's still in his prime. He plays the most important position. So it's a different kind of setup. But the end goal is still the same. Get out of Houston. I think players in that locker room would understand that. Yeah, uh, they might. They might. Uh, and Houston's situation is an interesting one because there's so much angst toward the front office. Mm-hmm. And really, for Cal McNair and Easterby, I don't even think you can put this on Casario and the new guys. C- Cully, you know, the, they haven't done – they didn't set the table for this. They're no. just the new guys on board. But I think uh, – I think once you stop, once you start missing games and losing games, and and maybe it would take a few weeks, but I think there are people in that locker room be like, all right, man, you're you're not winning right now. Can you help us win? Uh, I think yeah. I think they would go to that that stage to do it. And honestly, I just don't think you might be talking about a week or so, or guys. Oh, usually I should say always come back in. Very few people. Why do people? eventually come back to camp or come back to whatever situation, even though they were holding out. Now, there's been more holdouts in the past. It doesn't seem to happen very much anymore. But why? Because they want to play, and they don't want to lose the window to play. You have to be pretty darn stuck in the sand out of principle to to not budge off making $39 million next year and playing the game that you love. Like, that is one hell of a hill to, to, to stand on. Um, and it's a great hill to stand on in the off season. It's a great hill to stand on through the summer. Mm-hmm. It's a great hill to stand on even in training camp if you're a veteran quarterback. It's a harder hill to stand on, in my opinion, if it's a Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock and you're supposed to be playing the New York Giants. I mean, what it comes down to me, it, it's business over the team. And obviously, they're very comparable. Sometimes business wins. You know, I'm reminded of Brett Favre back in the day, who would not show up to training camp. Yeah. Nobody knew, like, oh, is Brett Favre going to play this year or not? Like, he, he wouldn't give him any kind of heads up. But I never heard his teammates complain, at least to the cameras. I never heard his teammates be frustrated because you know why? When Brett Favre did show up, they were cool with it. And the fact that he wasn't going to show up, they have to move on. Like, that's that's what business is sometimes. And I think every guy in that Houston Texans locker room understands the business part. Yeah. Well, they, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. And I, honestly, I don't think he's going to be there. Like, yeah. I don't. And, and again, I'll say this loud and clear. You can feel like you lost if you're Houston if you get rid of Watson. Mm-hmm. I think you're actually winning. Like, I think you're winning. And, and what I'm not telling you that getting rid of Watson's the best win of all. Mm-hmm. It's everything else. In this situation where you're kind of stuck and it's ugly and you've already had months and months of bad press and your organization's kind of a mess and you don't have a lot of believers internally probably or externally, even in your own town, I think getting away from this, kind of like the Jags did get away from Ramsey and maybe even Ngakwe, mm-hmm. makes you turn the page. But what it does for Houston is it might save them in the interim because they're not on the hook for a $39 million contract at quarterback. They get to reset the quarterback position most likely if they trade, say, with the Jets or somebody like that. That's going to give them a pick where they can go get a young guy. And they clean up their cap space a little bit, and they also will probably get some draft capital in return to replenish what is missing. Because right now, whether Watson's there or not, they still stink. 
Like, they're not getting better immediately, not better the way they want to be, because they have no capital, and they're really against the cap in a lot of ways, too. So I think this helps them if they would just find a dance partner by the time maybe free agency starts, and they could actually get better faster without Watson. Yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that trying to salvage Watson and hang on to Watson um, is the bad play right now because you have new management, you have a new coaching staff, you have to build a new culture. And the last thing you want to do when you're doing all those things is the fact that you don't want a guy from the old regime that's going to sit here and say, well, I don't want to be here, that I'm going to be, I don't call Deshaun Watson a nuisance, but I'm going to make things very uncomfortable in that locker room. If you're trying to turn over a new leaf, you must cut the past behind you. And Deshaun Watson, he's part of the past. So you might as well get as much as you can for him and draft capital or other players, move on, start anew, and start you know, trying to play winning football again. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, let's take a time out. We come back. Uh, we talk a little bit more about Big Ben Roethlis. A totally different scenario in yeah, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guy takes a pay cut. Yep. Now he realizes he doesn't have... The- you know, as many bullets as he once had. Yeah. Uh, and he, what does that mean for Pittsburgh? Uh, what does the Ben Roethlisberger move uh, mean overall? Uh, we got that. We got a 10-time state champion on the way as well. We'll give you some updates on high school uh, basketball and soccer. Uh, FSU hoops with a big win again last night. Uh, UNF basketball delayed because of testing in the A-Sun, but they're now underway. Uh, we got a lot going on on a Thursday afternoon, one week away from the Players' Championship. It's all coming up on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for checking us out in your car on the stream, ESPN690.com. By the way, while you're there, you can purchase the Dream 18 card on ESPN690.com. And you can vote for our Athlete of the Week. And uh, our Athlete of the Week, brought to you by Honda the Avenues, they... Uh, Debo Coleman is one of the nominees, West Nassau basketball player. Unbelievable career, second all-time scorer in the area. And he helped lead West Nassau to the state championship, uh, state final four, excuse me, uh, game today. And they lost like on a buzzer beater. Uh, 64-63, I think it was the final. Uh, but a, what an effort, good game. They were down, I think, at one time by 15 points. I, I saw... Uh, the folks covering the game, I think, said they went on a 24-2 to run and just came up short. So uh, congrats on a big season, and what a career for Debo Coleman uh, as well for West Nassau. Uh, big basketball season for them. We'll talk a little soccer coming up as well because 4 o'clock St. John's Country Day. Boys uh, will go for a state title. The girls just won 10 in a row. Mike Pickett's going to join us in just a couple minutes. He's down actually at the boys game too, so uh, he's going to uh, talk about 10 in a row uh, with us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Smoothie King is our restaurant of the day. Good to have them aboard, of course. Uh, Smoothie King with all their locations. Nine of them in Jacksonville, two in St. Augustine. Go check out your area. Smoothie King will have a couple giveaways on the day. One week away from the Players' Championship now. We'll be live at the Players'. You're about 10 days away, I guess nine days over, we want to count them, yeah. uh, from the fight. Yep. You, you pushed that out there on Twitter today. I did. What Finally, was the motivation? Huh? I, I got to read it now. Oh, yeah, hit it. Yeah. Do you remember what you said? Uh, yeah. Uh, something along the lines of the work has been put in. Um, Price has been paid. Price has been the paid. The work has been done. Yeah, there Now it is. the strings must be cut. The strings must be cut. Where did you come up with that? My brain. <laughs> That's just what you were feeling. Well, no. So, like, you know, when when I talk about the fight game and I make it a fight announcement, I've had the habit to say cut the strings. And that all stemmed from, 
man, this was like my second or third amateur fight. Uh, and my coach, who at the at the time is still my coach today, um, he asked me like, so what do you get out of fighting? Like, why, you know, because I enjoy it. I absolutely love it. Um, it's an obsession of mine. And and he said like, how does it compare to playing football? And the way I summed it up basically was like when I walk in the cage, whether it's in front of a hundred people in a honky tonk or it's in Las Vegas at the UFC Performance Center, um, it's ultimate freedom. You know, like there's there's a certain smell that you can associate with it. There's a certain just feeling because when you hear that cage lock, it's like, all right, it, it's, it's on, on now. Like it's like it's all no that work that I put in, it's, it's for freedom <laughs> for sure. So yes, I mean it's a you know there's the, there's a the physicality of it. There's the mental chess match going on. But through all that stuff, there's like a hundred percent untapped freedom, and that's what I love about it. So then he kind of said, like, "Well, do you felt like sometimes that you felt like a puppet in the NFL?" I said, "Yeah, I, I kind of did because you have to be here at a certain time. Yeah, you yeah. got to do things a certain way. Um, you have to dress a certain way. You know, you have to answer questions sometimes in a certain way. And with MMA, you don't have a lot of that. So he kind of got it. You know, I mean, he he came up with, well, it's kind of like you're a puppet. You're cutting the strings. I'm like." I like that. That's so, good. So that's where Cut the Strings that's comes deep, from. That's deep, man. I like it. There you it. go. There you go, man. I like that yeah. stuff. Uh, that is good. By the way, Steph, uh, I don't know if Cody w- – Cody's very supportive of you, right? My wife, yeah, fight. yeah. Sure, uh, sure. And, and I'm sure Ronan is too. And oh, yeah. Go dad. Yeah. Um, and, and I am too, just for the record. <laughs> I appreciate okay? you. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, I've kind of just uh, – vicariously living through you getting in better shape the last two months just right for on. this fight. Cool. I just feel like if I'm in better shape, then you'll be in better shape and you'll be I victorious. Like it, man. So, but it, it is contagious. But Steph saw me retweet this, okay. uh, what you did today, and okay. she said, I was sitting there doing some work at the table, and she just looks up, she's like, Wait, he's fighting again? Like, she doesn't want, she saw, like, a couple of the fights, and she's just like, I don't really want him doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, a, like a very concerned parent almost. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, Steph. <laughs> well, and it's funny, too, because there's a couple people that had no idea that I was getting ready to fight again. Because, like, I'll be honest, I don't post a lot of, like, sparring videos yeah, or fights. Yeah. I like, mean, I'll be your hype man if no, you want. No, no, I appreciate it. And you know what? In retrospect, I probably should, but I just feel like, man, I train every single day. Like, it, it, it is life to me, yeah. you know? And, like, I, I don't need to – in my opinion, I don't need to post it every single day. You know, like, you, you, if, if you trust me, then you know that I'm training my butt off for this fight, and you should expect me to win. So I don't post it every single day, but it's always funny to see people saying, wait, you're still fighting? I'm like, still fighting. oh, yeah, man, absolutely. But, well, this, it's an interesting – I, I kind of like the cat and mouse, almost like the secrecy. You wouldn't want any opponent that you're going to have even to see you – training well i kind of like that it's almost like this mental frame mind i wonder what he's doing without a doubt without a doubt because you take any edge that you can get from your coaches and your fighters as well and it's funny brent now it's funny that you bring this up because nowadays you know we know how like the next generation is you know they they love their social media tiktoks instagram so a lot of these younger fighters like and i train with some of them they post everything everything they'll they'll post the sparring brand so i can see it it is part of the brand without a doubt but i guess i'm a little more old school when it comes to that where it's like I'll show you what I'm going to do in the cage when I fight. You yeah. Know? And until that time, it's going to be secret. Yeah, something in the secrecy of it all. Yeah. yeah why why tip them off with your moves and stuff in advance, you know? Without yeah. a doubt. Oh, look, he moves like this. Oh, look, he's got these kinds of balance things going on. He's, he does these kinds of leads. Absolutely. Sure. Let me go ahead and telegraph all of that to you now. There you go. <laughs> For yeah. sure. That's a mentality, a little yeah. bit of that secrecy. I mean, we know the competition does that all the time. They're wondering what we're doing. Yeah. I would, too, if I were them. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, takes a pay cut. Yeah. A uh, handful of a million dollars. I mean, they would throw around millions of dollars like it's nothing, but it's basically goes from 19 to 14. Poor Ben, he's really taking a pay cut. He's making 14 million or well, something. It's like, what, his 30th year in the NFL? I think he's going to be okay. 
do they? Bottom line for me is what we've talked about Roethlisberger. I think he's. I don't like to use the term washed. I, I'm not saying like he's done done. Yeah. I don't think he's like Peyton Manning at the end of it. He got he was on the strength of this defense mm-hmm. and some other players, and it wasn't really him. That's the reality of it. He was done. Uh, Tom Brady has proven he's not done. I didn't think Philip Rivers was done. Like if Philip Rivers came back, he might have a little bit left. Now it was it was dwindling, and it was not as good as it once was. But he's got something left. I think Roethlisberger has something left. Yeah. But if you're talking about making another run, I just don't know if Pittsburgh as a team is ready to do that anymore. And I don't really know if Ben's the guy to get you over that mountain. Yeah. So here's the thing about Pittsburgh. They they showed flashes last year. Like they have a lot of things that you like out of a football team. They play a tough brand of physical defense. You like that. Um, they have offensive weapons, right? I mean, Chase Claypool came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, he's like the True. next big thing. Yep. Now, Schmidt-Schuster, free agent, you're going to lose him. But honestly, I don't think they're going to lose that much because they got Deontay Johnson as well. Like, both those guys in Claypool and Johnson had big years. Um, you know, you have a couple young guys with, with guys like, you know, TJ Watt, who's playing at, you know, one of the best levels in the NFL right now. So there's a lot of things to like. But if you remember last year how Big Ben kind of played, I mean, it was up and it was down. But when it was down, it was horrible. Yeah. Right? When when you're passing 50 times a game he can look and you old. can't get it done, he can look old. And this kind of begs the question a little bit. Like, I still think the roster top to bottom is one of the better ones in the NFL. You do. I, you like it that much. I think they're a playoff caliber team. I think they're they're well coached in Mike Tomlin. I have a lot of respect for him. There's a lot of things to like about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let's be honest, Brent. I think that if you were to trade for somebody else this year at the quarterback position, you're right. Like maybe we say Carson Wentz, uh, maybe you say Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I'll be honest, and you know how I feel about Carson Wentz, but like I don't think Carson Wentz would come into Pittsburgh and play that much better than Big Ben, right? I think we don't have a run game. It's hard to have a throwing game. Yeah. And last year the Pittsburgh Steelers struggled running the ball. So I like Ben Roethlisberger as the best option right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But with that being said, do you get the sense that? They got to start planning in a new direction as well. Like they may, I'm not sure about the draft or what may be, but like I feel like yes, Big Ben's on the back nine of his career. Maybe he can will him to one more playoff run. Maybe not. But you have the talent right now to go in the future, and I think can be successful. So you kind of have to like I get your plan in the now. Big Ben's back, fantastic. That's great. But what is the plan for the future? Because he can't do this forever. Yeah, I, I get it. I have been searching for that person that you're looking for like Mm -hmm. what are they better than Uh, like i would i don't think they can win with ben roethlisberger at quarterback i don't think they can win the super bowl i just said on on social media and i believe this i really think they're the third best team in their own division i mean and that doesn't even count the bills the chiefs uh indianapolis perhaps any of those teams they're the third best team in their division in my opinion and the other teams might be going up while they continue to maybe pull back a little bit. And so I just don't think this. I'm not trying to knock Roethlisberger. Unbelievable career. I just don't think he can do it anymore to the level of winning and winning big. And so if that's the case, why not say, okay, it's time to pivot? And why wouldn't you potentially look at something or somewhere? And there are a lot of options. Could have looked into potentially a Carson Wentz. Yeah. Could have you looked into a Matthew Stafford at the time? Mm-hmm. Could you look into, heck, now do you try to go look into a Russell Wilson if there's really an opportunity? Does the phone ring in Seattle from Pittsburgh? I would say Jimmy Garoppolo would be on the table for me to consider 
Okay, consider. Mm-hmm. I'd say even a Teddy Bridgewater be on the table for me to consider. They signed Dwayne Haskins. They have Joshua Dobbs. You know, those guys aren't going to be their future guys. They you know? also got the Mason Rudolph who's played for Is them Rudolph before. Is Rudolph still there I with all the other guys still I there? I think he's still there as okay. well, yes. So, I I don't know, man. I, I feel like this would have been a – this isn't the one more run at it. Yeah. I don't know if it's the time. I think that window has passed, and maybe they'll prove me wrong. Uh, but I think – this would have been a good time to kind of pivot and at least give it a shot with somebody different. Like if they had brought in Wentz, for instance, mm-hmm. I think that would be a reasonable swing. It might result in a swing or miss, swing and miss, but it's a reasonable swing. I think you could do the same if you did trade for Garoppolo, if, if that's an availability. And like I already mentioned the other guys, like I, I do believe even kicking tires on those kind of guys, young tires sure. uh, to see if they've, you can rejuvenate them. They can take the next step. Right now is probably better off than Ben Roethlisberger because you know what you wonder about Big Ben? You wonder if he's going to take a big step backwards. You don't wonder if he's taking a big step forward. He's no, played his you, best football. You've seen the ceiling. So you really wonder if it's about to go down. So I, I just I think it's a bit of a miscalculation. And maybe it's one of those deals between cap, between just respect for Ben, mm-hmm. between – the way their organization is built, that in the long term, what they're all about, you know, they are a big loyalty organization. Like, I'm not sure you can find a more loyal organization. Yeah. I've had three coaches in the last, like, 50 years. <laughs> they are very loyal. And so maybe it fits them to stay with Ben. And he's kind enough to restructure and do all that, not be a problem at this time, and understands that, hey, I'm not, I don't have my best football ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's still the right move for them. But if we're strictly talking about trying to win and where their organization is going, I think now would have been the time to pivot. I think they're past the time to compete big and win big. And like I said, even in their own division, I think they're the third best team. No, and, and you're not wrong. With trending that. I mean, down. You're not wrong. Like, obviously, the Cleveland Browns right now could be the toast of that division. Yeah, I well, mean, the Ravens. And, well, I was going to say the Ravens as well. But... I'm not going to give Cincinnati know. enough love to be able to pass them, by the way. No, I mean, no, but they, no, no. But they, no, are, they are trending up Cincinnati because they have a franchise QB. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, though. I thought Roethlisberger was going to be on the fence a little more about coming back. Yeah. I thought he might because, once again, it's just it's the way you went out, and it's what the product looked like on the field, and it just it wasn't good. Now, yes, your offensive line uh, did you no favors in the run game, and it's complimentary football, yada, yada, but you just got the sense that Ben couldn't take over a game anymore. So, We'll see. You know, I still think he's one of the better options in the NFL. Like, I think Carson Wentz maybe could have been a little bit of an upgrade, but you take and roll with it. But once again, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, like, let's say, let's say they finish eight and eight, or let's say they finish seven and nine. Okay, great. That's fine. But then are we talking about Ben Roethlisberger come back another year? Are we talking about draft capital? Because now you're finishing in the middle of the NFL. Now all of a sudden you might miss the chance of that franchise quarterback in the draft. So you do yourself a disservice as well. So I'm curious to see if there's going to be a backup plan in place for Big Ben or not. In the back of my mind, by the way, there's not too many quarterbacks who can throw 50 times and look good. Okay, mm-hmm. it just it's hard to do that. You need some help. Uh, in the back of my mind, I can't get out the conversation that we had a couple months ago when we were talking about Hall of Fame. You're going to probably have Drew Brees retire. you got Phillip Rivers retiring. Does Ben in his own little way say, hey, I'll wait another year to get on that? I I, I don't need to share it with those guys. Yeah, I mean, you almost yeah. wonder. Now, I do think the motivation for Ben is also to say, hey, like you said, his last game, that was a miserable game for Pittsburgh right against Cleveland. Yeah. You don't want to end that way. But the bottom line is, let's be honest, most game, most ways you end are going to be pretty ugly or pretty bad or yes. at least end in a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just wonder in the back of my mind, I'm not going to 
this is not like a full blown. I really think this is why he's doing it. Isn't? Mm-hmm. I just wonder if. And we had the conversation. Like, do you kind of pick out? Hey, next year there's not as many. There's no other quarterbacks retiring. I'll be the head of that class. Sure. You know. Yeah. Uh, in five years from next year, while I'm sharing it with some legends and might even have a tough time being a first ballot guy. I I don't think that'd be the case, but you might ask yourself that. I don't know. I don't know if that comes into play. I don't think that comes into play for players, but in the back of my mind in this situation, you almost wonder because it felt like much like Breeze and Rivers, Roethlisberger could have been a do this year and been all right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you said it like very rarely at the quarterback position. Do you get to write off on the sunset on top? Usually it's going to look bad towards the end. We'll see what happens this year. But, yeah, like you said, they're probably going to be the third-place team right now where they stand in the division. But who knows, man? Like, Mike Tomlin's a fantastic coach. You can't doubt him. Real quick, though, Brent, we're on the Steelers real fast. Other side of the ball. A little off topic, but I want to ask you this question. Tyson Aluawu, playing nose tackle this year. New position. Played some of the best football he's ever played. Maybe his best year. Free agent this year. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, 33 years old, do you even consider it? Or do you just say, yeah, he's, you know, he's 33 years old. He's been here before. We're good. I want to be consistent. I really like Tyson, uh, but I want to be consistent. I'm not a huge fan of the Trent Williams play because of the age. I think I'd probably lean the same way because of the age on Alu Alu. Now, keep in mind, Alu Alu would be a heck of a lot cheaper than a Trent Williams play. Oh, without a doubt. So I wouldn't be against it. I could see some of the logic in it. And also keep in mind, the the reps would be a lot shorter for Tyson Alu Alu than Trent Williams who's playing a majority of the game compared to Tyson, who's going to rotate in and out. Here's the thing. The thing I don't get fully with – I had this conversation today with the 33-year-old. I just – the Jags are not there yet. Mm. And so to bring in – I get bringing in veterans, Mm. but bringing in veterans that are long in the tooth and you might – like you might be getting their downside like that big drop down. I think it's just risky business. Now, if they bring in Trent Williams to solidify and help start Trevor Lawrence's career, I'm not going to complain about it. I just think – Orlando Brown, and I might even argue keeping Cam Robinson is a better play for the Jaguars long-term and overall than bringing in Trent Williams right now. No, I hear you. And so, I'm, I'm going to say about Tyson Alvaro, remember who the defensive line coach you know, that helped yeah, draft him when That's he was there is Joe Cullen, and now he's a defensive coordinator. That's a really good point. Just saying. Tyson! <laughs> so really what you could ask is, does Tyson want to come back and play for well, Joe? No, that's a great point. And, and by the way, Brent, can we make a deal right now? If for some reason the Jacksonville Jaguars do sign Tyson Alvaro. No Oklahoma drill. When he gets off the plane, can we not shuttle him to the to the practice facility and get him an Oklahoma drill right away, please? I would appreciate that very we much. We love you, Jack. But oh, man. No Oklahoma drill. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Give you an update on some of the scores. Uh, UNF hoops in play at halftime. We've got some soccer state championships. Give an update on the local scene next on ESPN 690. Welcome back, everybody. Smoothie King, our restaurant of the day. Nine locations, Jacksonville, two down in St. Augustine. Get to a Smoothie King. I always get that lean one vanilla. Yeah. A little coffee. Mm-hmm. Kind of love it. Absolutely love it. Brent Martin, Austin Lane. Well, I was going to say, do you, do you know what I associate Smoothie King to now? And I can't help it. Bill Romanowski. Yes. And, and, and the most intense interview that we ever conducted. That was pretty good. <laughs> that Bill was my first year, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Intensity. Uh, hey, let's bring in a 10-time state championship winning coach in a row, by the way. 
Uh, <laughs> so there's more. But in a row, 10 in a row for St. John's Country Day. The girls got it done yesterday. Mike Pickett joins us uh, from down in the land. Actually, the boys are getting set to go and play in the state championship, trying to pull off the double. Coach, congratulations. Thank you. How are you doing today? We're doing great. doing great. Thanks for taking a couple minutes. Uh, what does 10 in a row mean for you guys? I just don't know if we celebrate it enough. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, just uh, a blessed run. That's all I can say. Uh, God has blessed me and given me great kids. And, um, you know, I'm just lucky to be in the position I'm in. How uh, much of a target do you guys have on you? I mean, just week in, um, week out. I know, you, you know, you're playing different classifications. I think I heard you say when we went down and covered it, Marcel Robinson was down there for us on TV, on CBS 47 and Fox 30 yesterday. And I think one of your quotes was, hey, this team's been through a lot with COVID, but you also had like some big games scheduled against others. You couldn't get them in because of COVID. But you guys will play anyone, anywhere, it seems like. We will. We we uh you know, the way I see the, the regular season is it's all a preseason. And the, the more we can play teams like Bartram Trail, who's absolutely fantastic, and Creekside and Fletcher and these bigger schools, um, you know, our kids all train together and play against each other and play on the same club teams. And, um, you know, the better for all of us to, to put our best teams against each other, to, uh, to groom ourselves for these championships. Coach, when you talk about 10 in a row, obviously – the talent matters. You can't make any ands or buts about that. But at the same time, like, how do you keep your team on that same goal year in and year out? Because the problem with winning so much is sometimes teams get too comfortable. They get too stagnant. So, like, what do you attribute to your team coming out every single year and playing hungry? Well, three of these kids I had um, 11 years ago in my elementary program as kindergartners and first graders. So, um, I have... I have 28 kids right now that I've trained all year at our school that are kindergarten and first graders, and they each have their own ball, and we don't play. We just do ball work to get them comfortable with the ball, and I attribute that. A, a big part of our success is that. The second part of it, being a private school, I can I can have sixth graders train with our varsity, and you know public schools get them in ninth grade. So we have our kids for seven years, and that's that's our advantage. Yes, we are small. We only have 540 students pre-K, 3 through 12, but we have 48 girls in our program and we, no one gets cut, you know? So we have kids who have zero aspirations of playing college. We have kids who want to be pros. We have kids who want to play in college and we have a lot of kids that just want to be a part of something. So we don't cut anyone. We, we value everyone. Everyone's as important as the next person. And um, that's our culture. And we have a really good culture where our kids love each other and pull for each other. And uh, you saw at the end of that game yesterday, I had, um, you know, had emptied the bench, and our starters were standing up cheering for those those younger kids as loud as they were cheering for them. Mike Pickett, coach of St. John's Country Day, girls soccer team won 10 in a row now in state championships in the state of Florida, Class 2A. Is there any chance uh, the rest of Class 2A has petitioned for you to go somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I think they, they want to beat us. I think the target, back to your first question, is about uh, the size of the state of Texas. So. <laughs> I think, uh, and you know, we embrace the target. We know everybody wants to beat us, and, and we're good with that because uh, I'd rather be in this position than the chaser. So yeah, no doubt, uh, uh, you know, it keeps you sharp. Where are you guys nationally when you come, when you talk about these this many titles in a row? I, I was telling Austin yesterday when I was in Rhode Island. Uh, I'm from there. I covered Mount St. Charles ho- hockey, and at least when I was there, I remember them winning like 26 state championships in a row in hockey. So I know some. Some schools and programs and states have strangleholds, but when it comes to soccer, 10 in a row, I mean, that's got to be some kind of unprecedented territory. 
Well, I know we have the state record for Florida. I don't know where we sit nationally. I'm sure there are many states where there's teams winning 15, 20. And if you uh, just go across the bridge and look at bowl swimming, we, we're not even a uh, freckle on the skin of that, that program. True. True. Very uh, good point. What an incredible run they've been on. Um, so we don't really look at all that stuff, to be honest with you. It's an amazing thing, and we've been so blessed and, and fortunate to have uh, such a great run. And we know it's going to come to an end one day. And really, the driving force the last few years is the, the seniors tell the team, we don't want to be that team. Yeah. It's going to happen, but we don't want to be that team. So, um, you know, it's really helped to keep the kids focused, to be honest with you. I think the St. John's girls program and what they've done and what you have done, Mike Pickett, is maybe the most underappreciated like high school story we have around here, although you mentioned bowl swimming, and that might be up there as well. But maybe the most overlooked team because of your success is the boys team on your same campus. They're playing for a state title in a couple of minutes. They have a good chance today? They're kicking off as we speak. They are one ten seconds away from kicking off. I do. I think they have a very good chance. They're a talented group, um, a lot of senior leadership, and a lot of really quality players. So I, I am, uh, I'm so hopeful that they can pull it off because it would be an amazing feat for our school. Now, listen, you've won a lot of state championships in a row, but I don't think you're going to get first place when it comes to your family and how big interviews have gone on ESPN 690. Because when we interviewed Carson Pickett, that thing went pretty wild and, and viral. How is Carson doing? Carson's doing great. She has been traded to the New York, uh, North Carolina Courage and uh, had a goal and an assist in their first scrimmage. So uh, she's doing well, loves the environment, loves Paul Riley and uh, playing with great players like Lynn Williams and Dabinia and Jess McDonald. It's, uh, she's really, really excited and looking forward to it. That's awesome. Uh, how proud uh, of her are you? Not just the soccer stuff, but uh, the platform, which we had a big discussion yeah. about. How, you got to be so proud of, of that part of it, how she's been able to, to use her story and help others. Yeah. Throw, throw soccer out the window. Uh, what she's done with her platform that God gave her and, um, not by her choice, but, um, it has been incredible, and to see her uh, age and where in her younger years she didn't understand it and got frustrated when people only wanted to talk about her not having a left arm. It used to frustrate her, and she didn't want to do interviews because of it, and we just kept explaining to her that, hey, God puts you where you're at for a reason, and you need to understand that and embrace it, and as you get older, we think you will, and she has grown into it really well, and we couldn't be more proud of her uh, as parents. Um, the, the, the people that she's touching is incredible. No doubt about it. Uh, that is so true, and nice job uh, by all of you to, to make that happen, and, and her especially. Congrats on the uh, 10 straight state titles. Good luck next year. Enjoy this one, though, for a couple of days. Yeah, Brent. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, that is Mike Pickett, head coach of the St. John's girls soccer team. They win 10 in a row. Boys going for a title right now as we speak. We'll give you an update on that along the way. And by the way, uh, Ponte Vedra and Bartram Trail tomorrow with chances to win state titles, um, too. So. Uh, good high school soccer around here. One of the most cliche phrases, dynasty, you know, is used a lot. Yeah, hey, that's Brent, a dynasty. Let's go ahead and call it a dynasty. Uh, dynasty. <laughs> We're way up against it. Thanks for hanging with us, Scott. Appreciate it. Uh, good to have Coach Pickett on. And we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.